0: For the Dreams of Children podcast series from Connie Maxwell Children's Ministries featuring President Danny Nicholson. This series exists to bring to light stories of children and families. Good morning, this is Danny Nicholson, president of Connie Maxwell Children's Ministries, and we are delighted today on uh, for the Dreams of Children podcast to have one of my favorite people uh, since I came to Connie Maxwell in 2017. His name is Henry Woodward, and Henry is someone who knows Connie Maxwell, because Henry grew up here. And when I was thinking about sharing stories about hope and about children, And about what Connie Maxwell means, I thought Henry would be a wonderful guest for our podcast so that he could share his heart and talk about what Connie Maxwell means to him. So welcome, Henry. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming over today. And we'll just have a conversation for our our listeners to share about what Connie Maxwell means to you. So in that light, can you share with me...
1: What, what does Connie Maxwell mean to you? How, mu- how much does it mean to you? Connie Maxwell means the world to me. Um, I came to Connie Maxwell back in 1981. If you figure up from then to now, I've been associated with Connie Maxwell for about 40 years. And I'm only 49. So that means I came to Connie Maxwell when I was nine years old. <laughs> so I've lived here or worked here in some capacity or whatever since I was nine years old. <laughs> so I've been a student here oh. and I've been a staff member here so I've seen both sides of the coin but for me it came out so it's always been family mm-hmm. it's always been my family Um I've had very good cash parents here very good mentors here mm-hmm. um, I met a man who actually became like my dad while I was here wow. and when he retired now I'm doing his job.
0: Well, can you tell, do you mind? And if you do, it's okay. But I, I was just thinking, uh, looking at you and seeing how much I can see on your face, how much you appreciate uh, this family. And uh, could you talk, could you share a little bit about your story, like how you got here? And and that, that might help us understand why you appreciate it so much. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, before I come came out, so my mom and dad got divorced because my dad was a really bad alcoholic. Mm. Um, and when I say alcoholic, I'm not like he would drink and then go to bed and wake up the next morning go to work. Right. Uh, my dad, whenever he went on a drunk, he would lay in bed for weeks that time right. and he would beat on my mom. And, um, you know, it, it just wasn't a very good situation for right. us to be in. And I remember the night that... Right before my parents separated, and I don't know why I remember it other than because it happened to me. But, um, my dad had got mad at my mother, and she they were arguing. And I went to go step in, I think I was like seven, eight years old, hmm. and he backhanded me across right. the floor. Hmm. And that was the night that my mom stood up and said, no more. no more. So she left my dad, and um. We moved into a house by ourselves, and it got to the point where she just could not afford okay. to keep me and my brother. And I had, see, I, I had another brother that lived here for a little while, but he had some um, mental issues, so he okay. came up, so couldn't, take couldn't really take care of him at that time because things were different back then, you know. And um, <clears throat> so anyway. She couldn't afford to take care of us, and so she looked in to place in us somewhere, mm-hmm. and that was of Miles. Yeah. And I remember the first time I came in this campus, I walked in that back door. That were you were you scared?
0: Were you yeah, I was scared because I,
1: mean. I, I had no clue I was going to be left here. Right. You know, we were just here. I, I had no clue what this place was. I had no idea right you know I just walked in the back door and met with this uh, social worker who I didn't even know what a social worker was right. you know and um, her name was Alice Dominic and I remember that day um, they could at that time our, you know Cooper Nixon's our crisis shelter emergency right. crisis sure. shelter well in 81, that was at Cops Cottage. Okay. That was our crisis care cottage. That's
0: where you go, for instance. That's where you go. You don't know what court. crisis is, it means like something's immediate and needs help, and, and we try to take care of the children
1: there. Right. Yeah. And at that time, too, it was also being used on as a temporary. Placement, right. you know, for kids that you don't know if they're going to be here long term or not. Right, you know, they would come in and they would be there for ninety days and then reevaluate. And if mm-hmm. you know parents need longer, they would come in on our main campus or if came out. So to say, hey, this child needs more help than we can provide. You know, then came out so we go there. So you came
0: into the crisis. Yeah, I came okay. in through the crisis
1: right. shelter, and I remember when my mom drove off. Mm. I was sitting there and I cried for three days straight because I could not figure out why my mom didn't love me no more and why she just left me and my brother here. Was and, it
0: hard for her to share with you that she was leaving or was it kind of just like, I just need to leave because I yeah. can't, I don't know how to do this?
1: Right. Yeah. And, and she, I mean, I know she loved I, you and I right. know she and did. I, I, she was, I knew my mother loved me and, um, you know, at that time, you know, when you're nine years old, you just think, well, she don't love me no more. She's leaving me here with a bunch what of strangers. What did I, I do? What did yeah, yeah, exactly? So after that, I remember I cried for three days straight, wondering why in the world, what did I do? Right. You know. Yeah. And <clears throat> finally I think Miss Ericks was my cash parent. At um, Cops at that time, which it was, like I said before, it was uh, our crisis shelter. And I remember um first time I ever met the man, um, his name was John Sheriff. Mm-hmm. He happened to be on call that weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, he came in and uh, I guess Ms. Harris just had enough. She's like, we got to do something. He, I mean, he's just, you know, <laughs> but whatever. And I remember what done for me was, uh, John Sheriff sat down, and he talked to me. And he probably don't even remember this. All right. You know, I've never mentioned it to him. All right. And but it's not something that I've always held in my heart and my head. Mm. Um, but he looked at me and he said, Henry, he said, let me tell you something. Say I know Kanye not your home. I know we're not your family. But if you can't be at home and if you can't be with your family, Kanye the next best place. Yeah. And like that. Mm. but Like, so it was um so you know for me came out it's a very special place mm-hmm. and that's why I call it my family because you know I learned everything here
0: yeah.
1: you know you learn to be a child here mm-hmm. and to be loved here and what it means to be loved mm-hmm. and so for me it was very special yeah. so
0: well I'm um, um you know, uh, as you know, I'm an adopted child, and somebody picked me up at the hospital. Well, my mom and dad maintenance workers work a school teacher and took me home, gave me a really wonderful life. And so, you know, I feel you when you say what this place means to you because people who have always been blessed to have a home – To be loved and fed and to be kept safe. You know, it's kind of hard for them to understand what it would mean if you didn't have that. Right. Like if you're all alone, a child all alone in the world, you know, uh, and I mean, it makes me, you know, it makes me emotional uh, to think about kids that are lonely or don't have a place. And so then I never get over the feeling that I just had when you were talking. About somebody finding their way and having been loved and having a family. I mean, just, I, I never, ever get used to thinking about just in you right now, uh, how uh, the hundreds of kids uh, that we take care of, uh, that we are that next best. Place that place should be loved, and so I just I tried to say that what you said touched my heart, and it's it's, it's meaningful because I really do believe
1: uh, that's that's who Connie Maxwell is, and you know I don't think even to this day for me as a staff member I don't think we realize how important what we tell our kids mm. are mm. and what they hold on to and mm. what they remember mm-hmm. like that day with John Sheriff. I can remember it as if we were sitting in the cottage right now. Right there. You know, so, you know, you never know what you say that may touch that child's heart. Uh-huh. And, it's, it, and maybe never said before.
0: Right. Maybe no one ever took the time, you know, to, to speak into their hearts what they're good at or what's special about them or, or how much they're loved, you know, and, yeah. and, and appreciated. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I could sit here and talk all day, but but I'm, I'm going to just—you you pretty much just answered most of the questions I was going to ask you. I'm going to end—I'm going to end—, <coughs> I'm gonna end uh, um, with the question that I kind of told you I was going to ask you, and I think in some ways you've already answered it, but maybe you can come back around and kind of put a little bow on it, you know, just just so I was going to say and I always ask everybody what's if it was one word uh, that you could in your mind and heart uh, for Connie Maxwell, you know, what would that be, and 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 again, why? Maybe find something else you could add to that. But what is what is what's that one word
1: for you, Henry? Redemption. Mm. For me, it would be redemption. You know, because when I think of our Lord and Savior, and mm. I think about all that He's done for me and my life, and as far as me in my life I mean he's redeemed me in so many ways hmm. and they all started from that nine year old scared kid that come down on this campus yeah. and grew into a man yeah. you know um I met the man that I, I think I mentioned this earlier that would become like my dad yeah Um I remember after I moved out of uh, White I Moorhead. I moved into White Moorhead. Right. That was a permanent cottage at that time and it it was a boy's cottage. <laughs> and I remember seeing this man and I don't know why I remember it. It's other than because he was always right outside my window. Right. It seemed like every morning right before I went to school he was outside my window or you know, somewhere in the general area. You see him? I see him. He'd be out there with headlights on. Dark 30 in the morning, mowing grass on this campus, mm-hmm. And um, I remember being probably about 10 years old, 9, 10 years old. I was, I was still young. And um, just watching them just work. Just sitting there watching them. And I remember... Um, mm-hmm. All the other kids in our college, you know, everybody dream, had big dreams. Of, oh, I'm going to go do this. You know, like, right. like everybody, you know. Sure. Like earlier, we are talking about my son in sports. Sure. You know, everybody wanted to go be a football player, a basketball player, baseball player, whatever, doctor, lawyer, whatever right. it may be. And everybody had dreams of doing that. My dream was to be him. Yeah. you wanted to go work. I don't know why it stuck with me at such mm. a young age? Mm. And I remember whenever I turned 11 years old, back then the farm was the best place <laughs> on my <laughs> campus where everybody wanted to work on farm. But me, I wanted to work on grounds. Wow. You know, I don't know why. I don't know what drove me to that or what pulled me to that other than him. Mm. And um so I went to work for this man. His name was Bobby Wines.
0: Mm.
1: And... um he was a hard man to work for <laughs> he had high expectations <laughs> but he he taught you to work he taught you to to respect people mm-hmm. and most of all respect yourself and respect what you what you do and make sure you do it to the best of your ability and mm-hmm. do it right the first time wow. and that's why I learned from him so when everybody was dreaming about doing that and being all these other things I always dreamed about being him oh, that's good and the thing is, uh, is, now, you know, in some way or another, like I said earlier, I've been associated with k for 40 years. I actually accomplished that dream. You know, yes, I, you did. I and for those who are listening and don't know, I, you know, I'm over the maintenance and grounds department. Yes. And that's what he was over.
0: Yes.
1: And he taught me how to do it, and he taught me how to treat people and how to— do the job and do it right the first time. So, you know, he he was my dad. Yeah. And, my, you know, for those years that I did not have a dad or a father figure in he my was, life, he was he, he was that every bit. And then some, <laughs> he was the best man my
0: wedding.
1: <clears throat> he was... <clears throat> I named my son after him. Yeah. My son, Robert, got his name from that man because of what he did in my life Mm -hmm. while I was at County Mouse. good. And circling back a little bit to County Mouse and what it means to me, I met my wife here. Mm -hmm. We were actually cottage parents here. Mm-hmm. until our son came where was born and he was you know sick early in his life but we got married at Kanye Mountain Baptist Church by Doug Kaufman Reverend Doug <laughs> Kaufman um, so yeah County was my life yeah it always has been yeah so I I can't look back even in the couple of years that I was away in the workforce <laughs> mm-hmm. you know away from Kanye Mouselon where it came out, so was involved in my life in some way.
0: Yeah.
1: So, and I've had some really good college parents. lady uh, that touched my heart whenever I was I was a student here. Her name was Catherine Greer. Mm-hmm. I was just you know and. For those of y'all that's wondering, how many cottages did that kid live in while he was here? <laughs> I think I lived in just about every one up, huh? of them <laughs> at some point in time. <laughs> um, but we moved to Robert Black, and that's where the teenage boys was. And she was my coach parent there, and she loved on us boys, and she taught us. Hmm. I could cook and clean just as good as my wife. Well, I, I won't say it just as, as good as her. I, I can You cook. can do it. <laughs> and She was on... If she left for a week, I could survive. I <laughs> <laughs> and I can I can clean the house and everything just as good as anybody else because we were taught, you know. How to do it? How to do it. And to do it the right way mm-hmm. and how to do it in a good spirit. And I view it as a chore. Right. You know, as so much of society views work this day, these sure. days as a chore. You know, you were taught those things back to do it well do it right
0: well uh, let, let me let me sum this up by saying that we're entering into a decade of dreams which is our plans for 10 years into the future and we have um, focused on uh, healing and trying to find a deeper healing ministry for our children so they can be more whole and we have uh, plans to enhance that form you're talking about so we can not only make it great for our kids, continue for our kids, but we want to be able to maybe make some alternative revenue sources so we can help more kids. That's the whole point for the forum is to minister to our kids, but also, you know, how do we increase our budget? Right. Uh, how do we, how do we help? So we have these big plans, but I want to tell you something. All our plans, all of God's plans, all of Connie Maxwell reduces it down into these few precious moments that you and I just spent together. And if in 10 years we can make sure that that spirit and that love and that next best place for a child can continue to operate on the level that you just spoke from your heart, then we will meet all of God's wishes for this place. And so thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. It, it it really this was a special, special conversation, and I'll listen to it a hundred times uh, because I don't I don't know if anybody could have said it any better. It touched my heart. Whoever's listening, I know he touched your heart. And guess what? If you listened and you didn't know that, my friend, is Connie Maxwell. God bless you all. Come listen to more of our podcast if you want to. Learn. And then come visit us. Come visit us and see us here on campus and be with our children and love our children. So God bless you. Till next time, this is Henry Woodward and Danny uh, for Connie Maxwell's podcast, For the Dreams of Children. God bless. Thank you for listening to our For the Dreams of Children podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at ConnieMaxwell.com.